this is Kezia. And this is Darla. And we are doing our first podcast for our new uh, podcast. podcast. <laughs> in my closet. Which yeah. is awesome. It is awesome. It's cozy. It's lovely in here. There's actually like a lot of cool, lots of, uh, lots of clothes. We do a little fashion show here. Today. Sure. <laughs> if you like sweatshirts, then you so are really in cool. for a treat. Sweet. Um, yeah. So Welcome to Radio Face Stories, where we're going to tell you local stories, uh, ghost stories, and true crime, I would say, is our genre. Yeah. Would you agree? Yep. It's fascinating to me mm-hmm. what people are capable of. Yeah. The psychology and stuff and, like that. And, and like horror movies, which we've been watching together since we were probably way too young. Too. Ten. <laughs> Like, Only when it sleepovers at my house. Yeah, and then we still do that. Every time we hang out, we will drink wine and watch horror movies. Absolutely. And uh, it'll, it'll never get old. Nope. There's a million movies to go around. Absolutely. <laughs> and so we're just going to tie in uh, those stories and where we live. And uh, hopefully create something interesting. That you guys want to check out. Yeah, we're going to tell real-life stories. Heck yeah. And obviously put them in our own... Ridiculous words. Informative. Informative. That's a good word. We should have a word of the day. A word of the day. I I really tend to like words. Um, when I was a kid, my dad used to the game we'd play was spelling. Wise. Pardon me. Wordly wise. No, that's nightmare fuel. I do not like wordly wise. My dad made us do wordly wise. Wordly wise is like he bought the book. No, he like made us choose a word yes. that we didn't know okay. and then. Find the definition. Find the definition and then use it in a sentence. Like verbally, just all the time? Just like writing. And you hated this. I mean, we had to do it. It was part of our chore list. <laughs> I mean, he the intent the good intentions are there. But like why like we were already doing wordly wise in school, so it seems a little repetitive. I think he just wanted us to have a wider vocabulary and not be dumb forever. Okay. How'd that work out? I mean, I feel like I'm <laughs> My dad, we used to do spelling words, but I really liked spelling words to the fact that, like, or to the point where when I was older, I remember going, like, in hockey tournaments and road trips, as in, like, a 20-year-old, we would do uh, spelling words as a drinking game. Like, I remember with, yeah, certain people on the team, and that sounds super nerdy, but it's actually awesome because words are cool, and so is (laughs) drinking. (laughs) And sports. Organized Organized sports. Organized sports. Well... (laughs) Um, yeah, this, I'm really excited, so... I'm uber excited. Um, also, okay, so, so, like, some of the stories that we're gonna talk about, um, will be, like, really close to where we are, so we might actually visit some of these haunted sites. I think we're gonna visit some sites, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and we'll, then we will share our, like, true experiences, which I think would be cool to bring to the table. Do you remember how we used to record news like we'd pretend we were in the news and record us yeah. telling fake news and we'd be reporters and all that is kind of like made videos th- we are doing that again but it's acceptable because we're adults now well i think <laughs> it was acceptable then but i think it was, was it? it was different because then we were we were just kids we would make our around par- we would make our parents watch it nobody wanted yeah. to watch it but, but that I, being said, maybe nobody wants to hear us now either. Just, it's just, well, you know we're what? only fulfilling it's, our own. Exactly. We're doing I'll this for ourselves. I'll listen to you, Kezia. I would listen anytime. to you until the end of time. Oh, perfect. But I think it's cool because it just goes to show how, like, we started doing stuff like that when we were kids. And yeah. now we 
something brought this out that we wanted brought us back do to it again as sure. adults and i don't know you're like my oldest friend i think it's cool that we're we're still friends and we i don't know we just have this amazing connection and i, I think like, we need yeah. to share it I think I, <laughs> we're, i'm doing this because it, it's just purely enjoyable for me yeah i love hanging out with you yeah man you idiot i love you, you big man. dumb idiot <laughs> Okay, should we get started? Yeah, let's start. So um, we're going to rock, paper, scissors for who goes first. Ready? Yeah. Damn oh, it, tie. A, that was that a, a scissors tie. tie. That was my go-to move, too. Now what? Oh, <laughs> paper tie. What do we got? <laughs> oh, scissor tie again. <laughs> oh, paper winner. Or are you? I goes first. I goes first. <laughs> Kezia. That's me. My name's Kezia. Go Kez. Um, I promised my mom I wouldn't use the F word. So I'm going to try real hard, guys. (laughs) I believe in you. Okay, so this story actually takes place really close to here in Nanaimo. We could probably walk to it if we wanted to. But it's um, a haunted house called the Bevan House. And it is located in central Nanaimo. This house is said to be, like, haunted as... Frank. <laughs> doesn't have the quite the same ring it to it. It doesn't have the it? ring to it. How about okay. just haunted this AF? house is haunted AF. I don't like saying that either. No, well, I'm not okay, a. Okay, then maybe it's just super. It's deep. a haunted. It's super. It's a haunted. It's a really haunted. <laughs> okay, so Frank Bevan, very many moons ago, and his wife Hannah moved here from New Zealand, and they built this mansion on 160 acres of property in the 1930s. And Frank was a sawmill owner in Cumberland, and he also owned a lumber yard and a coal mine. So he was like Mr. Wealthy Pants. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was like beautiful gardens surrounding the house, and they had a lot of caretakers, and yeah, just wealthy. And Frank, the man, also had a racetrack where he trained horses, which is pretty cool, I guess. Okay. So, Frank died. What? Wait. I feel like we went... No, no, I was just talking about his property. Okay, can you just tell me the last two sentences again? Um, he, he had a racetrack, and he trained horses. Okay. So, Frank died in... I 19- just seemed really sudden that he died. Okay. Well, because that's my story. Can you- <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, t- I'm, I'm telling my story. Tell it. I'm <laughs> telling it. Okay. You tell So, Frank died... Um, there was not a lot of information about his death or, like, his wife's death or family death, which I was trying to find because it would probably aid into the reason why this house is so haunted, like, right. if they died in the house or whatnot. But who knows? Um, who knows where he died or what from? So then when he died, um, the estate was sold to the city of Nanaimo for park use. And for the first, like, 35 years, they barely used um the house and everything got kind of overgrown and it just sat there and got weathered and it was almost torn down but then the city realized the house was really uniquely designed and so they wanted to save it so it was listed on the historical register and they basically saved it from demolition that's cool yeah so the outside of the house was restored and then it became the tourism of nanaimo headquarters in 1997 do you ever sorry this is kind of a side note do you ever watch uh like on youtube you can see like the urban explorers or the proper people where they just they they go into like abandoned buildings and like 
check them all out. I'm absolutely fascinated by that for some reason. I don't know why, but I could watch people exploring abandoned buildings for, like, hours. Yeah, it, I feel like we did that. There was, like, houses that were half-built when we were younger, and we used to go in them. And Yeah, proper people on YouTube, if you check out YouTube, it's really awesome. And the Broken Window Theory is another one, and they check out all these abandoned buildings, like a, a large shut-down amusement park in, I think, Japan, and it's just, to me, fascinating, and it's really cool. Sorry. I just... I, sweet. I would love to do that. Yeah. That's future talk. So, um, so the house was restored, and then it was the headquarters in, ni- in 97, and inside was the office. And then, so prior to that, in the 1990s, the main floor was used as a daycare center. And I'm not sure exactly when the haunting started, but when it was a daycare, there was a lot of stories from the children at the daycare of a weirdly dressed kid playing with a red rubber ball. And a lot of the children actually drew pictures of him. So That's it was kind of weird because really there was... Yes, yeah, so I actually did an art class in there in the 90s for Parks and Rec, uh, the bottom floor. I did a, a... I made a rainmaker. Like one yeah. of those tubes, the nails and the rice? Yeah, yeah. I wish I kept that. Um, I made... But I'd, and I, I think I remember knowing it was... Whether someone told me it was haunted or there's something a creepy vibe, I can't recall, but I, I was in there. I never noticed anything, but yeah. I, I do remember it being very dark in there all the time. Even with the lights on, it seemed dark in there. That's like my yeah. biggest profound Maybe memory. you weren't haunted yet back then. I'm not haunted. Darla's haunted, I am so and we'll talk not, about that another time. Yes. But I'm not haunted, but... Yeah, she like, is haunted. They like to think <laughs> think things. Um, so. Keep on thinking. Every time weird things have happened with me, it's been with you. I apologize. That's a, it's not your fault no. that you're haunted. <laughs> well, whose fault is it? I mean, it's the ghosts that latch onto you. That doesn't make me feel better. It's fine. You guys are friends. Like nothing no. bad's ever happened. Well, okay. Anyway, so um, so these kids would draw pictures of this kid, and then they thought it was a girl at first, but later it turned out it was a boy. And they think it was one of the Bevins family servants who died in the house. So there's not actually much information about how this boy died, but there's speculation that he killed himself. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, The kid? The child? Yeah, the child. Yikes. Which is weird. So adults never saw this ghost. It was just the kid. So anyways, so there's just like lots of hauntings going on. Um, the kid was seen outside in a white gown playing with the ball. Okay, so other things that happen here. In the basement, there's a storage area where they keep all the brochures. Um, Brochure. so da- brochures. Mm-hmm. What, what did I say? <laughs> I said brochure. Sorry. There's more than one. They just go down and grab the one not single brochure. 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 Take it upstairs. <laughs> Give it to someone, then they have to print off the next one for the next, uh, anyone for the next day. I don't want to waste. <laughs> so one brochure a day. They're very environmentally friendly over here. I'm sure. <laughs> um, okay, so often in the storage area, there would be heavy thumping, like above, like the st- a floor bu- above. Yeah. And it actually one staff member got so f- scared one time hearing that that she ran out of the building. Like, she was done and I'm she out. like did not come back She's like, I'm I am paid. done with this yeah. place um so lots of people were scared of the basement there was a bookkeeper one time saying that yeah she was working and yellow powder was falling from the roof 
onto her death. That's asbestos. I don't think it's yellow asbestos, is it? I mean... Like a yellow powder? If any powder is falling off a building on me, I'm going to be like, that's asbestos, and I'm out. I think the circumstances were just really weird. Sure. And so she was talking to another coworker, and anyways, it happened like three times that day. It was just like... That's Trickling down. Weird. Anyways. Um, There were doorknobs that would fall off, just randomly fall off the doors, and they would screw them back on tight, and they would just keep popping off. (laughs) (laughs) Drawers would Drawers Doors (laughs) Doors and drawers Doors Doors We have them all Doors Would get jammed Shut So You wouldn't be able to open them Like that happened a lot That would freak me Um, out And then One staff member heard laughter There was like a lot of laughter too Laughter and thumping from upstairs Like so Lots of yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, flashes and bangs on the doors. Just ghost shenanigans. And um, a couple adults did see the boy running up the stairs. So then it was like confirmed. Well, there's the boy ghost because obviously they didn't believe the children for whatever reason. No, um, they don't often believe the children. Yeah, but I feel like kids—they're the most connected to that kind of supposedly to that kind of stuff. Yeah, if you see a kid drawing a picture of a boy with a rubber red ball, you're just gonna think it's like you know little Mikey. <laughs> his friend from school or Mikey something. Mikey again with that ball. Why did his mom dress him like that? Yeah. And he's like, no, it's the kid that lives upstairs in the house. And they'd be like, you're... Stop. Yeah. Imagining things. Yeah. Weird kid. It's bedtime and a time out for you. So the weirdest thing, actually, that happened was there was an answering machine. And so strange messages would be left on the answering machine. And one night, one of the um, staff members actually left the phone off the hook overnight and just to see and then the next morning came back and there was a voicemail and they would normally consist of laughter and thumping again and it also sounded like someone had taken the phone and like carried it like Mm. through the house and was like walking and like but it would have been like a phone that has a cord back then yeah so they carried the i don't know that's what it sounded like there's also been sightings of an attractive woman in a white dress and they think it might be Mrs. Bebbin. Um, lights would turn on and off and taps would turn on and off. Doors opening and closing. And there's a trophy room that's said to be really haunted. And a- actual paranormal researchers went into the house and said there's like a lot of activity in that room. So who knows what happened there? Um, and lots of people have actually gone and stayed in the house and say that that's just like crazy shit happens all night. So we need to go do that because I, I want to experience I this. I would totally do that. Okay. You. That would be amazing. I, I mean, as a kid, I've been raised with the story of there's always a light left on upstairs no matter what. So when the people that work in the Bevin house leave at night, they turn off all the lights. But no matter what, at some point, a light in the upstairs floor is turned on. And so whenever we drove by, because we'd always drive by there, whether we're going from my grandparents or home or whatever, I would always look up top floor to see if there's a light. And there often was a light on. And I tell my kids the same story that, will you check up there? A light will be on. That's, you know, a ghost turned on the light up there. I want to go do that right now. Let's go see if the light's on. Let's go. We got to go. So there's, like, people still work there, but no, like, people refuse to work alone, so they're always, you know, more than one person, and they try to clear out before sundown. Mm. But, I mean, I guess this time of year, 
that's a really early day <laughs> because it's dark at like three. I gotta get up by one, okay? Yeah. <laughs> sun's going down. Let's get out of here. The sun's going down. That's a, that's sweet though. You would have like really yeah. short days all the time. I would winter. like, maybe I should enforce that. It's actually my work day. Never mind, delete that. <laughs> um, and it's, it's okay, so, so basically, <laughs> yeah, so that's the gist of it. It's been said that it's the most haunted place on mid Vancouver Island. So if you're looking at the whole island of hauntings, Vancouver Island is supposed to be really haunted. Mm-hmm. There's books about it. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's one of the most haunted places in the central island, which is pretty crazy because it's, like, literally right there. Yeah, and it's about a stone's throw from my house, like, five minutes. Not even. It's a, it's... Yeah. And anyone... Three-minute drive from here. Anyone who lives in Nanaimo knows where Bevan Park is. Absolutely. It's, like, a huge rec- recreational yep. park. There's an aquatic center. And, There's two arenas. Yeah, um, sports fields. Anyways, it's a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. And this haunted house is right there on it. So the resources for this came from fanislesupernatural.ca and a video of Creepy Canada episode one, season six in 2011. It was like a little video about it. Um, They walked through the house and it was kind of cool to watch. And then CTV Vancouver also did a little short clip got some information from there but yeah that's pretty much it there's not much more to it than that but it's probably one of my most my favorite like local ghost stories yeah it's pretty cool i think i thought it was a good one to start on so yeah good on you kid thanks bud (laughs) and we're gonna pause for a commercial break hey it's rebecca here from radio face stories just wanted to make you quickly aware that we had a few um, interferences, shall we say, in our recording equipment in this next portion of our stories. I also wanted to point out that whilst Kezia was talking, we didn't have any of these same interferences. Further evidence proving that Darla is, in fact, haunted. Just saying. Evidence doesn't lie. And neither does science. Enjoy the second half. This is the story of Peter Kakua, also known as Kanaka Pete, which I think that's how I knew him as, was Kanaka Pete. So um, Kanaka actually means human being in Hawaiian, and it's a term of ethnic pride that they use. So it's actually kind of a really cool word, Kanaka. Um, So we'll start with a little bit of history. Uh, In 1828, Hudson Bay Company, uh, which started out as a fur trading company, expands into trading with the indigenous people uh, locally here for other goods. So timber and salmon become a uh, primary trading commodity with the Hawaiians. So the Hudson Bay Company appoints an agent in Honolulu to sell timber and salmon from the northwest, and they hire men for the fur trade and for the cargo trips, the return trips, from Hawaii. So by 1945, over 200 Hawaiians work for the Hudson Bay Company in the Pacific Northwest. That is crazy. So there's a huge That's Hawaiian population here. freaking far. Yeah. So given that there is very few Hawaiian females here, um, some of the Kanaka intermarry indigenous women, and they choose to remain in the Northwest even after their contracts with the Hudson Bay Company expire. So there was quite a few Hawaiians here and in, like, Washington. I did not know that. I know. That's I think very cool. That's pretty cool. So... We're going to talk about uh, Peter. So Peter left his home of Honolulu for Fort Vancouver in 1853. And Fort Vancouver isn't like Vancouver, but it's Vancouver, Washington. Oh, okay. Yeah, in the States. 
Um, so he worked for Hudson Bay Company for, he worked there for five years, and then he moved to Victoria to work for Sir James Douglas, who was the governor of BC at that time. And he worked there for a year before settling into Nanaimo to work for the Vancouver Coal Company. Um, he I wonder if that was Frank's coal company. Who's Frank, Frank Bevin. Bevin. Tying it all in. Hey? <laughs> Holy snap. Kanaka Pete worked for Frank Bevin. Could you imagine? You heard it here first, guys. Breaking news. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> so Peter had been married to his wife. Uh, her her name is, it's, it's Queen, which is like spelt queen with a hyphen in the middle. Um... But she actually went by the name Mary, which fortunately for me, I can pronounce a lot better. So Mary, who's an indigenous descent, um, they were married for six years before she decides, you know what, I had enough of Peter. He's uh, Pete, I've had enough of him. And she decides to leave him. And she went to live um, back at home with her parents, who um, have a home in Chimanus. And she asked her brother to let Pete know that she and their baby daughter, since they had a daughter together, they, they weren't coming back. She'd had enough of whatever shenanigans. Um, and so not too long after of their breakup, Pete returns home one, one evening to find Mary and her parents at his home in Nanaimo. And he sees them, and, and she, he's quite happy. He thinks maybe she's coming back. So he, he asks if she's returning home to be with him, but they let him know that, no, they're just there to gather her and the baby's belongings. Like, they're not staying. So this obviously upset, upset Pete. Um but he decides just to leave, and he's going to go to a buddy's house and drink away his sorrows like a normal grown-up would do, right? Pretty much, Cheers. yeah. Cheers, Pete. <laughs> um, so this one's for Pete. Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Okay. I would hold that. <laughs> um, so now the story goes a few different ways. So there's lots of different information, um, so it's hard to know. So I'm going to kind of just lay it all out. Um, there's <laughs> Some say that Pete returns home later, drunk, and he and seeing Mary and the parents still at his house, he's mad. Like he's he's over this. He's super upset. Others say that Pete returns home to find Mary's father in bed with her, uh, in an Whoa. act of incest. And this, yeah, Woof. is unacceptable <laughs> and not okay. And I mean, I don't think I'd be okay with that. No, I mean, most people don't really aren't a big fan. I'd like to most people. <laughs> There's no solid evidence, however, of this accusation. Um. So and let's keep in mind that racism as it still is now, is was a real issue. And the Europeans at the time may have added this information. Just no real basis. Bad. Just, well, and, and uh, you know, yeah. Right, there's records indicating that Pete himself supports this claim of incest, but Pete was not fluent in English, and the interpreters weren't um, known to be super reliable. And they may not have properly translated his explanation of the night's events. So... So it's, it's all a blur. It's a little blurry. Like when you get black it's a and drunk. It's a blur and a yeah. trend, you know, a little bit of communication <laughs> problems. A little this, little it's that. A deep dive. Yeah. There's a, lot, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack here. Either way, Kanaka Pete returns home and a, vis- a vicious altercation ensues. So Pete and Mary's father start fighting. And at some point, Pete's thumb is actually partially bitten off oh. by Mary's father. Wow. So this really throws Pete over the edge and he picks up a nearby weapon, which happens to be an axe. Okay. I'm just going to say, if someone bit my thumb off... You would hit them with an axe. I would probably also grab an axe. Okay. Do you want to hear the rest of the story? Yeah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay, so he picks up this axe and he starts to blindly hack everything and anything that's near him. And when he finally stops, he has killed Mary, her parents, and their baby daughter. Oh my goodness. So realizing what he has done, he immediately flees the scene and plans to head by canoe to the mainland, which is Vancouver, Vancouver here. 
and uh, on his way, he decides to stop on Newcastle Island for the night, where he makes a fire and continues drinking conveniently. Just, More alcohol. You know what? I mean, you just gonna help killed your family. Like, Might what well, are you gonna do? You're gonna probably have a whiskey. Other stories say that Pete murders his family. Um, after he murders his family, he goes to a friend for advice, uh, and the friend suggests heading to Newcastle before going to Vancouver, where they both end up going together and end up drinking on the island until the authorities in the inevitably catch up with Pete. So there's kind of two different tales there, but basically he ends up on Newcastle. So on December 4th, 18... 18- Wait, how far is Newcastle? Newcastle Island is very close to Nanaimo. It's about a five-minute ferry ride. I don't know how long of a canoe ride. I mean, if you often... 20 canoe, minutes. If you canoed often, I feel like it'd be fast. I see kayakers going across mm-hmm. all the time in the summer, and I'm it's pretty sure it takes minutes? like five to ten minutes. Okay, so not 20 minutes. Well, I mean, if you're an avid kayaker. I feel like he's an avid canoer because that was his It would probably take him 20 minutes. Okay. So between five and 20 minutes is our professional <laughs> opinion of, you know, canoe speed. Um, I'm just <laughs> On December 4th, 1868, locals discover the four bodies in Kanaka Pete's home, and they find that the Hawaiian is missing. It doesn't take long, however, to find him, as he was still sitting by the fire that, that morning. Drinking whiskey. On New- Newcastle Island, just chilling, man. You know. Pete attempts to escape, but is too drunk to get very far. It's said that he tried to flip the boat on the way back to Nanaimo, but he ended up just falling out and getting hit by the paddle, and they promptly recaptured him. Yikes. Go Pete. BC local news reports that Pete is arrested on December 5th and charged with the murders of his wife, Mary, uh, their infant daughter, and the wife's parents. After pleading not guilty to the four counts of willful murder, Pete is tried on two accounts, one on February 16th, 1869, and the other on February 17th, in what some called a rushed trial. The jury on the first trial uh, for murdering his wife found that Pete was guilty but they recommended him to uh, what they called mercy, so they didn't want him to die, basically. They didn't think he should die. And the reasoning for this was due to their belief that the Kanakas are not Christians and that killing men may not be such an offense in their eyes. Which, I don't know how I feel about that, because I feel like... Weird. Uh, yeah. They thought, oh, because... It would know, be a just... harsher punishment for him to rot in jail than just... No, they, they think maybe he didn't think it was such a big deal to kill them, so maybe he shouldn't be punished as a normal Christian would be right. because they would know better. Like, I feel like it wasn't a good... It's good, but it's also not good. So yeah. he he was, however, found guilty without, without mercy um, for the murder of the parents and the daughter. Um, the crime that is of pa- so awful. It is. It's pretty messed up. The crime of passion aspect of the case didn't seem to make an impact on the jurors. So the fact that, you know, he came home after being, he, like, his wife left him, and he came home, and then he found this, potentially found this act of incest and, and just snapped. The jurors didn't pick up on that as being a reason for murder, I don't think. So um, the judge appointed, the judge that was appointed to Peter's case was a man named Joseph Needham, and he was known uh, in the area as the hanging judge. So he, I mean, that was his go-to. Guilty, you're going to be hung. That was his thing. The trial concluded on February 10th with the sentence, uh, Peter Takua, we find you guilty as charged of the four counts of murder and sentence you to be hanged by neck until dead. Well, where else would you be hanged by? <laughs> I mean, it'd take a lot longer if you hung by the foot. Well, I don't, think, like you, I don't think you would. They just, yeah, they you would just, just eventually, if you, you would hung by your foot, take... you would 
You would die eventually. If you were hung for, I mean, at some point you'd starve, so you could be hung by foot. That's true. I'm just saying. But he was very clear that he was going to be hung by his neck, okay? Yeah, no, that's, good, that's a good, good way to good do question. it, for sure. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on the morning of March 10th, 1869, Pete was uh, <laughs> hung hanged, by neck? He was hanged by his neck at Gallows Point on Protection Island, directly across from Newcastle Island. It is said that he ascended the scaffold unflinchingly and made no remarks. He struggled only slightly after the drop fell, and his neck evidently was broken. However, there's other stories that note that Peter vowed he would return to have his vengeance on the people, on the local people. So, I mean, being neither European or uh, nor First Nations descent, and also with the fear that he may have put. Uh, that he put the fear to the locals with his threat of vengeance, no one would allow him to be buried in the city cemeteries. And so it was decided that he would be laid to rest in an unmarked grave at his last place of freedom, which was the east side of Newcastle Island, where he had that fire. Uh, after this, the locals referred to that area as Kanaka Bay. So that's on Newcastle Island, is Kanaka Bay. Unfortunately, 30 years later, the Vancouver Coal Mining and Land Company accidentally dug up Kanaka Pete's uh, grave. Oh, and whoopsie. while they were yeah digging for a new coal mine, um, so they reburied him in a second unmarked grave for good. So it's no one knows for sure where he is in that area. Mm-hmm. As, time, <laughs> as time passed, it is said that the evil spirit still lurks on the far side of the island, seeking revenge. Um, on the east side of Newcastle is a sign that marks um, marks that part and says it warns uh, that that area is unsafe to camp. And not to be there past dark. Okay, do you remember we did a camping trip there in grade seven? Yes. I feel like I'm remembering now that they told us about this guy, For and sure. they were like, "Don't go to that part of yeah, the island." No one is welcome on the east side. Uh, I've heard. I didn't. I did try to find a little more information, but I know that there's been kayakers that have kayaked and stopped on that side, and people have gone miss. Kayakers have gone missing. Whether it was one what? or two separate incidences, yes. Um, so that's something to look into more, maybe. Um, people who have camped on that that side of the island have claimed to hear screams and sounds of chopping. So oh, that's so creepy. That's another thing we can do. Okay, wait. Can we canoe there? Dude, I don't want to... Let's can, canoe. Do you have a canoe? No, I'm, dude, we can get a canoe. How are you going to get a canoe? You're going to well, whittle a canoe? Really? That's how we're going to get a canoe. I'm going to whittle a canoe. We can literally <laughs> ask someone that has a canoe to borrow their canoe. <laughs> sure. Anybody we don't have to. Email Kezia and uh, lend us your canoe, please. <laughs> no, I would absolutely go there and camp. And if you want to canoe there, I mean, to add to the experience, let's. No, we don't have to canoe there. Okay. Well, no. But can can you guys please canoe there and then time it so <laughs> we all know? Oh, that actually takes to get that there act- by canoe. That okay. is actually really good. If we canoe there, we can time it, and we'll put that to rest. How long it takes to canoe. Right, it's between five to twenty minutes. But also, I feel like it's gonna take us. It will be our first time canoeing, so it might take three to six hours. (laughs) (laughs) We'll bring snacks. Oh, great! And wine, probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We just gotta watch out for the uh, whoop whoop on the water. Oh, water cops. Whatever you call it. And then once we get there, we have to watch for um, Kanaka Pete Spirit. Okay, Darla, we're going camping on Newcastle. Gotcha. This coming summer mm, on the okay. east side. We're gonna, we gotta, we gotta do this. Okay, pencil me in. Okay, sweet. Okay, and if I, okay, 
Yeah. I mean, I think that's important. Anyways, this is the, that's the story of the axe murder of Tanaka Peak. That is so crazy. It is a little crazy, and I super duper kind of love it. Um, I'm just going to let you know that so the ghost stories came from a website called Gods and Monsters, and I got a lot of information also, and some pictures, which I will put on our Instagram, if you don't follow us on Instagram. Radio Face Stories. It's pretty amazing. We've got two whole pictures. But I'm going to add these pictures that go with my story. Um, I got those from a website called Old Hawaii by a man called Peter T. Young. And I got a Is lot of... pictures of Kanaka Peter? I have a picture <gasps> of him being hung. No big deal. Oh, by his neck. Uh, <laughs> it's a little blurry, but I'm pretty sure it's by his neck. Sweet. Yes. I uh, also have the Bowen House we can add There in we mind. go. We'll get your pictures on. Uh, Haunted Nanaimo uh, website by Tourism Nanaimo. And Nanaimo News Bulletin had an article. And I also checked into a little bit of Wikipedia just to uh, get some more background information. You know? And some his- uh, some ghost stories. Freaking and that's it cool. for me. Darla, that was good. Like, that? Yeah. Hey, Definitely, like, spooky. Um, we aren't professionals by any means. So if any information you hear is maybe not quite what you thought or that you know about, feel free to let us know. Um, we're we love to be informed and yeah we want to know we what don't you guys be wrong think. so uh, yeah help us uh, so yeah educated um, we do have an email address as well we'll put that we'll put that as a link on our yeah because Instagram. I can't quite recall the exactly what but, it is yeah that was great Darla I'm I'm I excited fed. that was our high fed I'm excited to go to the Bevan House and I'm excited to camp on Newcastle Island I feel like this is just it's gonna be pretty interesting. Gonna add some, and we'll extra. like we'll podcast that when it happens as well, for sure. So yeah, if you guys are gonna stick with us through the episodes, then I'm, I think it will be just be fun warned for you. I uh, bungee jumped with Kezia, and she's a screamer. So maybe <laughs> don't use your Apple AirPods when you're listening to those podcasts. Oh, when we if we do live recording, yeah. You... Um, well, this is okay. When me and Darla would go through haunted houses together as kids, <laughs> she would. Literally, grab me, grab onto me, use me as a shield, and push me through the haunted house. I feel house. like that's just being smart. No, because I would always get it first, it's and that's why. You and you would s- hide behind me. You were always screaming very loudly and bring all this attention to us. Why was that? Because you never got any frights. I got all the first frights. <laughs> Fright. That's the word of the day, everybody. Fright. Fright. <laughs> she means the scares. Being scared. The scaredies. The scaredy, the scares. Um, Spookies. But yeah, uh, yeah, if you guys are still here, thanks for listening. I appreciate you. And um, that's it for today, I think. I think that's it, yeah. And we're going to end with a movie quote. Oh, gosh. Let's do. Do you have it? Yeah, you have have to say it with me. Okay, go. What is it? Do you have any Any more gum? More gum? Do gum? Do (laughs) you have any more gum? producer her name is rebecca we've been friends for since grade six as well and, and we, we appreciate love her. her she brought microphones i was also on the Newcastle castle island trip that was that, fi- that oh that there was drama there it'll be for another time that's not the story okay. we need to go into right no now. we we sh- we will tell that story another time because oh, that's freaking hilarious stay tuned <laughs> if that. you guys want to get to know us a little more you're gonna have to get 
deep into the podcast <laughs> with us. All right. Good night, everybody. That sounds weird. Yeah. I didn't fart. It's this. <laughs> Stop it.